Welcome to the Counter Press Podcast. I am your host, Kirk Kinsey, and with me tonight, I have Josh Cacho. Josh, how are you, man? Given, you know, we don't usually record after losses, right? It, obviously, it's the emotions are a little at a little bit different place than normal. But yet at the same time, obviously, there's different things that we can point to and different things we're going to talk about in regards to how this game went. You know, again, more more or less just largely frustrated. Yeah, I, it is certainly easier to to come come in and record when, it, you know, it's nothing but positives and we can talk about all the great things that we saw. But on a night to, like tonight where it's just uh, where we just could not get through a parked bus to save our souls, uh, it is a little disheartening because, I mean, there's not a whole lot to talk about. I'm, I mean, we'll definitely fill up this one and I'm sure the next episode as well. But uh, not exactly as many talking points, as many positive talking points, I should say. So, yeah, I mean, I that, think. No, I mean, I think it's one of those things where, you know, when you when you take into consideration, you know, how the rest of the MLS plays, right, and especially as you head into playoffs, this only tends to get worse, right? There is definitely some cause for concern, you know, and so while while the talking point from the individual game, right, you're just like, yeah, you know, it is what it is, we're missing Vela, et cetera. But at the same time, given given the implications when you get into MLS playoffs and have seen teams like the Red Bull who have played a style similar to LAFC struggle, you know, year in and year out, then it, it becomes problematic in the long run. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, let's just dive right into it. So tonight we played Minnesota United, and they came out in a very disciplined, very low 5-3-2. Before they got their two goals, you could see their two strikers, um, Quintero and Mason Toy. Toy. Yeah, they were both. Uh, so they were both behind our midfield, kind of applying pressure. Not really, but you know, just there to kind of shield off that initial pass from the back line into the midfield. And once they got their two goals, it was eleven men behind the ball at all times and defend. And it was supremely frustrating to watch, but I can't imagine what it felt like to be actually on the field trying to pass through those tight spaces, trying to make something happen. And you could see it in the way, uh, kind of similar to last week, honestly, where um, you could see that they were, especially the midfielders, were just trying to thread these balls in through these uh, tight corridors and just missing on almost all of them. Yeah, which you almost have to given the situation. You know, I think one thing that one thing you have to look at, and one thing I think that we probably need to do be better at, you know, as we head in, into the playoffs, is being able to break down that bus from the outside in. Right? I think you've seen both Manchester City and Liverpool, you know, at the top, you know, in a similar position at, in at the top of the Premier League, similar to what LAFC's been doing this year, right? And what they've been able to do is start to attack with their fullbacks, you know, sending, you know, and, and then have the three inside fours and continue to make plays from there. Right. Whether that's a cross ball, whether that's a switch, a switch of play, which leads to, you know, that that's probably what we're going to need long-term against some of these defenses. And, you know, again, maybe that's where, you know, Palacios, um, 
you know, really helps things out. You know, Munir is pretty good at being an, you know, on, on the offensive side of the ball in terms of hitting cross zones or things. But I think, again, maybe we're going to, we probably are going to need a, a little bit more than just that as well. You know, and then, um, you know, beyond that, you know, we probably, this is a game that probably needed beta shore in terms of his ability to understand when, when to play balls, when to underlap, when to overlap, those types of things. While Blackman has looked good in certain situations, this is this type of game is not his forte, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, and again, this is one man's opinion on how to break down a five-man back line, especially one that has three center midfielders parked just ahead of that back line. So you're you're, I mean, you're effectively attacking a, def- a defensive eight uh, men. For me the correct thing to do is pull your winger back in front of the wing back and kind of occupy whatever, you know, whatever defensive midfielders on that side of the field and have a fullback overlap to try and get behind the line. Um, It seemed like what we were trying most of the time in the beginning of the game was for Atuesta or, or K especially, or I guess K wasn't in, it was Atuesta and win and then blessing right in the midfield. Mm Mm-hmm to have them try and find the wingers through the space in between the wing backs and the center backs. And it just, there just wasn't enough space. So again, for me, you send in the wing backs, kind of like you said, maybe Palacios helps us with that. Um, I, I agree that it's not Blackman's game. I feel like Blackman tends to float more central when involved in the attack where beta shore always seems to be on the overlapping run down the, down, you know, the extreme wing. And he's, frequently finding himself behind the line that way. Yeah. And then I, I think part of the problem when you're, when the fullbacks invert in that manner, right. Is that it brings, it allows their defense to play even more compact. Right. So if you don't have right. that wide overlap, you know, and potentially, you know, when, when Roger, you know, I think Rodriguez was operating off of that right-hand side on occasion and things like that, it makes a little more sense because he's going to be the one that wants to make that run, you know, at the defender from out wide. But at the same time, Again, I think what you're starting, you know, what we've seen in terms of being more effective is is similar to what you said, right? In terms of how to break down that bus is that overlap and then that low that that low cross into the box, you know, where you where now the forwards are making that run forward to be able to just get a foot on the end of it, right, and cause a little bit more havoc that way, you know, mm-hmm. as opposed to what we kind of saw was kind of this, these lumping balls in, you know, or trying to thread the needle. It's one, you know, again, it, it's given how disciplined Minnesota was playing, right? It was going to be very difficult to score in that manner, especially when they're up two and there's no need for them to come out. And then I think, you know, we had someone had, you know, said something along the lines of, you know, I don't think we've seen a bus parked this deep before. And it's just mainly, we've never seen a bus parked this deep with when we're down two goals, right? You know, we've seen buses parked, whether it was a Seattle after they picked up the, after, uh, I think it was rolled on, picked up that weird red card. Um, mm-hmm. Chicago, you know, at, at LA, you know, at the bank that parked the bus pretty deeply as well. I think they, and they, you know, they were having the midfielders drop in between the lines and crazy stuff like that too. And so, you know, we've seen it two or three times and it usually results in a draw for us. Right. But in this case, right, you just get beat on that counter. And then at that point, there's really no need for them to even attempt to come forward. Right. Right. And I mean, as obvious as this is going to sound, it's on. A, I don't know if there's a more true 
statement, but the worst thing that LAFC could have done was given up a goal like that in the first 30 minutes or so, let alone two. Because like you said, then all they have to do is pack it in. And if they allow one, you know, whatever, they can still weather that. But coming back from down two goals, and I mean, even even if they come out of the bank with a draw, Minnesota's going to go away happy. That's the game that they're playing, right? They're playing, we're just not going to lose this match. We're going to get at least one point. So even if we come back from two down, they look at it, you know, as a win if they still draw. And the likelihood of us scoring three against a bus like that is very low. Um, should we talk about those goals just a little bit? I mean, not to break them down too much before the uh, before the episode on Tuesday. But, I mean, essentially what you have is, like we said, LAFC throwing numbers to try and get around that eight-man uh, defensive block and being caught out twice. Uh, especially on the first one where you have uh, an early ball into, I don't know if it was Quintero or somebody else who played the ball in for Toy behind Segura. Segura dives in, misses, and Toy gets to the line and has a nice left-footed finish around Cisniega. Um, yeah. I think the frustrating thing with that play from Segura is that he could have easily held him offside. Right? Yeah. And the problem, and, and again, for the second week in a row, Right, much like the the Zimmerman's Latango, they they get cute and they try to play the ball, right? And mm-hmm. then instead of playing that offside trap, like I'm pretty sure that was the intent, given their positioning and how we've played it at times before, right? I mean, I think you saw that trap work excellently against Latan in the second half of Carson, right? The again, just that weird, you know, again, just another mental error from the defense again for the you know, for the second week in a row on a similar circumstance when again playing an offside trap, you get cute, you go, you know, you you try to make this weird, you know, non non sliding, you know, non contact sliding tackle that isn't hard enough to really do anything, right? Right. You're to, you know, to slow him down, you know, yet there's you know, so you don't slow him down because you don't make contact and you're out of position, so. Again, at that point, you know, my 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 thing is is like if if you're gonna play the offside trap, do it, and if and at least give yourself a chance to recover if you think that you got beat, right? But by going mm-hmm. to ground like that, again, it's a you know you're you're putting yourself in a situation where it's all or nothing at that point. And again, you get it's it's just again it's really frustrating for again to see that type of mental error for the second week in a row from the defense. Yeah, and it, I mean we can talk a little bit about what Adrian Heath did, which is put two strikers up high um, because he knows how we play. Uh, and he he predicted, I'm sure, that we we're going to throw as many bodies as possible. So not only both fullbacks, but also Edward Atuesta would be so involved with the attack that you were going to have two on twos every time that ball popped loose. And especially on these on these two goals, that's exactly what happened, where you have two strikers against two defenders and they get beat and i kind of wish eddie just stays on his stays on his feet for that one and maybe tries to run him down or you know show him to the outside but that's not the way it was and then on the second one there's just a long distance strike from toy again on his left foot um quick ball played in and the defense is is scrambling i think at that point you have harvey and zimmerman behind the ball i don't know if if Segura and Blackman were were in position at that point, 
Yeah, but I mean, again, I'm, not, I'm not as mad about that second one because I mean it was a wonderful strike from from Toy, right? Mm-hmm. Who is being mm-hmm. called up to the U23s? Which, honestly, if they just decided to take him with the senior team and leave Jossie at home, I'm not complaining about that either. Zardes but, doesn't score those goals in his own dreams. Nope. And let so alone again, on a field for for another for another episode. Um, but at the same time, you know, I think that's kind of the big thing. Um, in terms of how the defense has played, right? It, again, it's there. There's a there's a clear lack of balance when it comes to how, especially in these situations where you're chasing chasing goals. So unless unless we score first, you know, which was basically you know what what your what we've kind of hung our hat on for the you know the majority of the season, you're going to run into problems like this, you know, like this game again, be, just because of the nature of how you know, how that game is going and those types of things and how they're going to play. And again, it's, it, it's, it brings me back to something that Bob said in, you know, that the, are we, are not are with the, we are LAFC documentary, right. Where he basically says, it's like, you know, we basically ask the team, it's like, we can't start, you know, keep on making the same mistakes over and over and over again. Right. And if that's the mm-hmm. case, you know, there's no way they're ever going to achieve the goals, you know, that they've set forth and, and this and to reach the standard by which they've set through this being at the regular season. Yeah. Uh queuing in on that same mistakes thing, for anybody that pays attention to the MLS state media, get ready because this week is gonna be brutal. It's gonna be a brutal cycle for for LAFC where you drop points to Galaxy and then you lose outright and not only lose but get shut out at home for the first time uh to minnesota so there's going to be a lot of a lot of uh the state media journalists from mls asking is this the end of lafc are they slipping um can they win the big game is going to come up again because with a point that will be made is uh that they drew against galaxy in a big match and then they came out the next week and face a parked bus, which is what they're in, inevitably going to see in the in the playoffs from just about everybody, and they got beat pretty bad. So, just prepare for that. Um, one other thing I wanted to go into was was some of the formation decisions, and I I don't know if it's formation. I guess it's just more tactics. We talked about Atuesta not staying back when the fullbacks go forward. But I also think that having Latif Blessing in the inverted role, uh, you know, where he's playing as really a defensive midfielder, but in the 10, kind of hurts you in this match because a lot of the open passes that they found were to Latif Blessing at the top of the box, but he doesn't, he doesn't have the necessary skills to be able to feed in another player behind, you know, to find Dio through all that traffic. Um or to finish the shot himself. He's done better offensively in the last couple of weeks, but um, just not enough to, you know, go up against Icopara and all these defensive midfielders that are surrounding him. Yeah. I actually would have thought that that's, that should have been Lee's role. And I think he, towards the second half when, you know, when you saw blessing or in the second half, when blessing moved out to the wing, when Rodriguez was subbed off, it, it was. And again, you could see more clear cut opportunities being, being created but again given given the timing in which the goals were given it's really hard to judge much of lafc's offense because at that point and again you're 
you're playing against 10 behind the ball, right? Or yeah. nine at, at times, right? He's, there's not really a four. You're just dropping deep, you know, and then the, and you're, and there's not much of an, an effort to really, you know, try and build up once you're up two goals, right? You're just like, you know, let's just get out of here, you know, with the points we have. But again, one, you know, one out of six points, you know, especially at home is not a good look at this point in the season, right? And again, no, and, and those no. questions should be fairly be raised as we head into the postseason. Right, right. And I, I think the more, uh, I, and I think this is what you're getting at, but the more appropriate question to be asking is, what are they? what is LAFC going to do in the playoffs against teams that play this way? Because after seeing this match, you know that every team is going to come in and do the exact same thing with that. I mean, Galaxy didn't do it to this extent, but uh, Minnesota obviously did it with more success. So you know that other teams are going to come in and do this. Um, I mean, just look at the other teams in the West that we could be seeing. Minnesota, you know, is going to play that way. Uh, and then Portland is going to play that way. Galaxy will play that way. Um, Atlanta, I, I don't think, they're going to play any differently either. I mean, they've kind of gone away from their counterattacking identity from last year, but do you see any reason that Atlanta would come out and play an open match against us again? I mean, their, their midfield has really been, you know, has, I think they, their midfield has something to prove after that last game because they got overrun for that, that, you know, that period of the game. But at the same time, you know, it was really just for a period of the game. And, the way that Emerson Hydeman and some of these guys are starting to heat up, you know, again, their their midfield has looked better over the last two weeks than in and ours has, right? In actually a, yeah. quite a while. So, you know, again, if, if you're just talking midfield battles and some of those different things, Atlanta's probably the the one of the only teams at this point that can say that can rightfully say, yeah, like like let's let's go, you know, because at that point they're the you know they have that quality to do it you know and then you also have the wing play and and the forward you know to match anything that you know to generally match anything that we can throw at them as well and so then if it's a matter of coming down to the defense i would trade lgp and miles robinson for you know any one of the, i'll take any one of those two for walker simmon in a in a heartbeat at this point you know again yeah. because it's just yeah. been disjointed you know, I don't know what's been happening, and it's hard to say because again, we're not in training. We don't know what are the inner workings of the club. And again, with a, with a, another keeper change at this point in the season, again, maybe it causes more more instability to the backline. Because I want to say this is probably only the second match, right? That uh, that Zimmerman and Sisniego have played together. Because he, you know, Zimmerman was gone for all that time where yeah, Sisniego looked good, right? And at this point, you know, so it's. It's 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 probably only one or two games at most that they've played together pre you know prior to this, and so yeah again can it, we it, can we talk about these keeper changes mm-hmm. because I feel like this is with Cisniega coming in and not looking all that great tonight, I feel like this is officially a thing now, where I think you and I talked about it when we first went back and forth with, you know when we were still in the Open Cup. What are we going to do? Does Cisniega start all the matches? Does does Miller come back from, you know, the U.S. call up and and slide right into the MLS matches? And hindsight being twenty twenty, I think that's clearly what the team should have done. 
Uh, instead, we goofed around, and Cisniega, I think, had one good MLS game or something like that after Miller had come back, and then Miller came in anyway. And now we're caught in this uh, weird spot where it seems like neither of the keepers are all that confident, and we're now looking to, you know, swap them in and out on a on a week by week basis, depending on whoever Bob feels comfortable with. How do, what are you thinking about these keepers right now? Yeah, I mean, again, it's you know, goalkeeping is not is not a baseball rotation, right? We're not throwing out pitchers there and and you know, and then you, okay, you go two game, you know, 90 minutes and then I go 90 minutes and so on and so forth. You know, and at, you know, it's not even to you know to a certain degree. It's not even the same as hockey, right? Where you you tend to just ride the keeper. Mm-hmm. The issue that comes up has more to do with their ability to command the defense, right? And and while while Cisniega has shown probably a better ability to play the style in which we we want to play, right? In terms of the ball, he, he looks more comfortable with the ball at his feet. You know, he's he's more decisive. You know, okay, here there's a play. I think. It was more Minnesota's first chances where he is like complete. He comes completely off his line, but he does exactly mm-hmm. what Miller should have done against Latan, right on that second goal where he just goes to ground, makes it really difficult to you know to get his right, right. you know to get his to get his feet together to you know to put a shot on goal. Ends up giving everyone a chance to get back to recover, you know. And next thing you know, they've warded off an attack, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so you have to love a lot of the things that Cisnega does in terms of just playing the position. However, right, there's not for, you know, he, he just hasn't been able to seem to have the communication to be able to control the back line the way that Miller has, right? You'll, you'll see Miller moving things around and doing different things, you know, but Miller's issue, you know, essentially for the last two years have, has come down to decisiveness, right? Is he decisive in the moment? And he kind of gets caught in no man's land far too often, right? Versus Cisnega right. doesn't, you know, he doesn't make always make the best decisions, but he's being he's decisive on everything he does, right? He's got he makes a decision. Yeah, yeah. he's he's got all the confidence in the world, whether it's a good one, you know, whether it's deserved or not, you know. Again, but then so what? What's more important at that point, right? Is it the communication with the backline and being able to marshal them and so on and so forth, you know, or or do you have a a you know, because I don't think that any of the full, you know, any of our defenders at this point have been able to do that as effectively, you know, like beta does a pretty good job of when, uh, when I watched him play with, um, Yakovic and Sigur or no, it was Yakovic and Blackman during the Houston game, you know, beta does a pretty good job of, you know, had, had you know, almost necessarily had to, you know, organize everyone and get it, get those things done, you know? And I think, there's a reason why I believe he's the team's vice captain, right? To Carlos Vela. Um, mm. And so it, it makes sense. But then again, when you've seen some of the things that have happened, you know, when either when he's absent or, you know, when you've had some of these goalie changes, there just seems to be just a little bit of, of, of issue in terms of how their, you know, their organization and their shape, you know, from the back, which again, I don't, we, we've only seen, in glimpses, right? And again, but this was the first time I think we've, you know, seen it fully exposed over the over these last yeah. two weeks. Yeah, going back to uh, what you were saying about Cisniega and him at least making a decision. We used to, uh, 
as Marine officers, we are very fond of a saying, uh, good initiative, bad judgment. So I love that you are coming out of the net or with a Marine, you know, I love that you're trying to uh, take control of your of your fire team and run these inspections, but you should not have done them at three in the morning. That was inappropriate type of thing, right? Uh, so I, I do I do agree there. I, I think that uh, Pablo, at least, you know, he makes the decision, he commits to it. And, you know, like on that first shot that you're talking about, he comes out hard and kind of throws Toye uh, off his game there and prevents a goal by allowing his teammates to come in and cover for him. Um, so I really don't know what to think about the the defense or the goalkeepers because they have been so shaky. I think that's five goals in the last two weeks at home. Um, not ideal. Granted, two of them came last week in El Trafico, so I don't know if it's exactly the same thing as it is with uh, a Minnesota match, but um, not the best look, as you said earlier. All right. You got anything else, or should we get into questions Let's here? get into questions. Like I said, there's given the way that this game has gone, I think it's probably better than just going yeah. towards this. Yeah. All right. At Jeff Bamaka says, at least Carson is in position to be out of the playoffs, and I agree. Um, I think they are in seventh place right now with Portland just two points behind them. Um, so it's very likely that they're not in the playoffs. I'm not. I'm honestly not too worried about them. But, um, you know, the the pure schadenfreude of them losing is fantastic. Although I'm sure they're feeling the same about us tonight as well. You got anything on them? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, given I'm, it's one of those weird things where it's like you almost need if if you're cars, you almost need LAC to win because it's not like anyone's catching them anyways, right? So it really right. it, right. it <laughs> us losing just made two through eight a lot more complicated. You know, because I think the majority of those teams that are in that position almost were counting on LAFC winning out or fairly, you know, fairly, you know, going fairly close to that, you know, or losing games. Conspiracy theory from you, Josh. Or losing games in rotation or whatever, you know, like the Orlando game was the game that you thought that if there was one that they were going to drop points. Okay, it makes sense. You're on the road. Vela's hurt. You know, Vela's hurt. You're missing half the team for, you know, due to um, the 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 international uh, window and that kind of thing. And so again, when you look at how that's, it's all playing out again, I'm sure it's throwing a bit of a wrench into the plans of most of the, the Western conference playoff bound teams. Cause I think now Kansas city is now back in the, in the mix, which is crazy considering how, how poor that they had played previous to this. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next one is from LAFC, Kansas city, Midwestern supporters. Boys looked lost out there today. I do agree. I felt like there were several times where maybe it's out of habit. Maybe it's because they just already trust them so much where they're just winging the ball out to Brian Rodriguez on the right. And a lot of ball watching. Nobody's making very active runs. Everybody's just kind of like, all right, let's see what you got, dude. Because that's normally where Vela's at. So he does some pretty amazing stuff. Uh, and then, it's, you know, even in the second half, once El Munir comes on and, you know, Win is in more of a dominate dominating presence in the midfield with blessing out on the wing. I feel like everything was just so disjointed as they were trying to knock the ball around and find some space to operate in. Um, anything on being lost? Yeah, I mean, again, I going down going down early at home 
never is gonna is never gonna do you much good in terms of now because your, your tactics are basically just thrown at the window at that point, right? It's 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 yeah. basically that you know you're you're in the same position as you know going up a team that going against a team that just got a red card or whatever. Like at that point, there's going to be mm-hmm. zero intent to attack, you know, and so you're you're gonna have to change up your your system and and how your approach whether or not you're going to be able to do that without one of the guys, you know, the few people in the league that can unlock a defense in that way, again, is 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 going to be tough. You know, you you kind of knew that coming in. I'm not sure we expected Minnesota to come in the full bus mode, right? Because we had seen them play a little bit more open, you know, and some of those things. But, yeah, more, you know, I give got to give them credit for how they came out. Absolutely. I mean, none of this should take away from the fact that uh, Minnesota came out with a very specific game plan, and Adrian Heath was perfectly fine with taking whatever shots across the bow for parking the bus in that in that fashion. But I mean, they came out with a specific game plan, and we clearly did not have an answer. Um, and he also had everybody bought into that game plan enough that they didn't venture out too far from it. So you didn't see too many opportunities where. Uh, Minnesota was caught out of that defensive shape yeah, at all. which is the exact opposite of what we did where, you know, when we should have been more disciplined, right? Sitting one, you know, one of the midfielders needed, you know, needing to stay back in rotation to ensure that the counter wasn't, you know, you're not getting caught two on two, you know, or three on two on, on defense. Yeah. You know, you had Atuesta flying forward from the six. You had, you know, Blessing flying forward. You had Lee flying forward. Again, it was just one of those things where no one, you know, was where they should have been, you know, and, and, you know, and, and when you say that it's, it's based on what we've seen for the majority of the season again. So that's why I think it was a bit shocking for anyone who's watched, you know, in detail, you know, how they, how they actually played. Yeah. For me, I think the most interesting miscue, I think is Atuesta being involved in the attack so much because again, not to uh, beat the dead horse here, but with, three center backs and three defensive midfielders. I don't know what another midfielder there in the middle of the field does for you because all you're doing is clogging it even further. To me, it's just, you know, keep Atuesta back where we can just recycle possession through him a little bit quicker. We don't have to drop all the way back to the center backs. Um, and then he's in a better position position to defend and transition yeah, as well. And where Quintero is picking um, up the ball is exactly where he normally would be in rotation. Right, three, four, right. three, or in their possession, where he usually is in possession, yeah. right, and as that deepest line midfielder. And it, it, that goes to what you were saying too about Blackman coming to central, or um, you know, send the fullbacks down the extreme wings to help provide more width and try and pull some of the some of their defense apart, rather than sending them central. Where, like, again, if there's already nine guys, we don't need. We don't need two more. Yeah, I mean, it's an uh, interesting, it's an interesting way to approach it, right? Given where the strength of their defense was and how they were set up, right? That you would just try and basically ramp, you know. Again, it's not like we're playing American football where you, you know, you line it up in the center, hand it up with a fullback up the gut, and you know, and you and you just pound it in. It doesn't work yeah, that way, yeah. right? And and in this one, you, you have to, you basically have to run the end around, right? You go, you know, you send that thing wide, you space yeah. it out, you get them stretched. Right, and then from there, how often did we even see the diagonal being hit? 
right? Which is another way to break down that that you know, getting them to move yeah. out of their shape. I, I, you, they, you, we basically allowed them to sit in that five the whole, you know, in that in that back five the whole time, right? With the three defensive midfields mm-hmm. in front of that back five, without ever getting them moved laterally because we were just pushing up the middle, you know. And while and while yeah. I understand that's Bob's typical preference and where the buildup occurs, we got that buildup, right? But when the buildup, you know, you're given the buildup to move the ball into the final third through the middle with no resistance. And then you try to go straight down the middle of a, you know, of a three man back line. It doesn't make much sense. Right. As opposed to from there, spraying it out wide, right. Hitting that overlap. Now you have people making, having to make runs out of position because, you know, that, that fullback has to stay with Rodriguez, right. Or, or Rossi on the wing. So when that fullback goes out wide, mm-hmm. now you're getting one of the center backs zoom out of position. And then when that cross is hit, now it's two on two, three on two, you know, those types of things. And you're creating a numbers advantage in the box comparatively to what you have when, again, when you're just trying to run down the middle, it's one versus six. Ugh. Right. Yep. It's not going to, it's not going to work. All right, let's move on. We, uh, we actually have quite a few questions tonight, so we should probably keep it moving here. Uh, next two come from, I'm going to, read them to you at once here from Jeff Mulvihill, uh, who I believe is in Nevada. So shouts to you from the Battleborn State. Maybe it's the Battleborn State, or maybe that's just their motto. I don't know. At JMJ Image, poor defending again. And in 40 years of being involved with this game, I've never seen a bus parked quite like that. Wow. On both goals against Walker, step up and defend. When is it okay to let a great striker have that much space? Again, We've we've talked about how well the bus was parked, how carefully parallel parked it was, um, and I'm gonna have to go back and and check Walker's individual defending. Uh, maybe on the first goal he could have got he could have bounced out and taken away some of the angles. I don't know if he knew much about the second goal to be honest. Did you see anything on those? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's hard for me to criticize Walker in that situation when he's getting put out, you know, when he's being put in a bad situation, essentially by Atuesta, right? Who's supposed yeah. to be the deepest line midfielder. Um, right. We've talked about them being two on two. Yeah. Like, it's, again, like in, in a sport where the, you know, the, your, the defense is generally going to be at a disadvantage, right? We don't allow them to do some of the things that were done in the past, you know, specifically to make it the game more offensive. Because you didn't want to see, but you know, basically just buses parked all day long. Um, yeah, it's just again, it's hard for me to to really put this one on him. You know, like I said, some of the communication things, right? That you saw, you know, it. Some of the issues that I saw with Walker had more to do with the non-scoring plays and some of like the set pieces and some of those things where they just didn't seem quite to be on the same page. On the two goals, like I said, I think it's more. It's again for mm-hmm. the second week in a row. It's more an issue of the way that the mid the way that the midfield is playing, and again, it's it it's one that goes away from their normal tactic or their normal principles, right? And strays into kind of just being, doing things that are a bit out of character. Yeah, yeah. So Jeff, uh, we'll get into it more. Maybe hit us up again when we. Uh, put out the call for questions on our next episode. Um, but so you can keep us honest, but we'll hit that again too on, on Walker's individual defending and what he could have done better possibly. Or if we think he did it, the, uh, did the best he could. 
All right, next, at Tycho Blue, your assessment on Wynn. When he's in, the ball gravitates to him, and passing does not seem as dynamic. He seems to demand it, and everyone abides. Hate to say it, but it's going to look as or more disjointed with the international break. I do think we're going to look pretty thin, um, and I do agree that the midfield might even look more disheveled with both K and Atuesta out. Um, I, I, I'm honestly not sure what to think. I mean, the win had those couple of games where he came in and uh, was great as a sub. Um, I kind of feel like these past couple games are just uh, almost one-offs for him that, you know, tactically, he's just honestly not the right fit. What about you? Yeah, I mean, I think, like I said, if if you flip him and Blessing's position in the first, in the beginning, in the first half, right, in, in, in the early moments before they go down, he's probably fine, right? Well, you know, because usually yeah. he, in the position, he's come into that position where he's been that person that links, you know, the, the midfield to the, you know, to the forwards, you know, whereas it was, you know, it's blessing seemed to be the one that was playing that role today. Again, and we've, and we've all, you know, I think the majority of the podcast out there, you know, and as, as well as us have had our, our issues with, you know, his ball in the final third, right? Everything else has been spectacular. Mm -hmm. That's the one thing that has left to be desired in terms of his game. And so with Win again, I think he's, he's a bit out of position um, within the lineup. And I, I believe, you know, when they played, I, it was earlier in the season, he, it, they had this, a little bit of the same disconnect um, because again, I think Latif, when he tends to dominate the ball in the middle, in the middle of the field, he does a lot of things where he's moving into the space that Lee will usually is supposed to occupy or some of those things. And they, they start to lack the spacing. Yeah. And again, Latif with too much room, you know, starts to really kind of gunk things up. And again, when when that's what they're inviting and kind of what they want, his effectiveness is definitely going to be less than stellar. Now, he did hit a, a pass that was reminiscent of the Orta pass and gave me some nightmares there. But, you know, yeah, yeah. at the same time, like I said, it ended up working out fine. And, you know, again, I, like I said, I think it's more of a, a fit and positional issue in terms of where he was positioned tonight. At, you know, again, having to play more of a shuttler as opposed to, you know, like I said, the 10, um, you know, that, yeah. that Latif usually. Maybe plays. Blessing should have just been the six. If Atuesta is looking to get involved, and I, I think this is probably more of a game that needs his passing, maybe Atuesta should have been the eight and you have Latif be the six to help out the the center backs who are on an island. That way he can run down, you know, he can track whatever runner because he's obviously fast enough. Uh, to keep pace with both their strikers. He can track down whichever one goes out wide to receive a pass after the initial ball in. Um, I don't know. All right, let's move on. Oh, actually, uh, we there's a reply to that one too. Maya Minert at Shop Eat Sleep, feels like he hasn't gotten into a good rhythm since returning from injury. This is when she's talking about not enough minutes, head not in the game. I think it's honestly not enough minutes. There were a couple times where you see him pull off of runs or start a run and Somebody will play the ball in behind him where he was not expecting him to make the run. So I, I really do think it's just not enough minutes. But with how well the midfield has played up until this point in the season, I don't know how you could take it, how you could take any of those guys out for him. Yeah, you know, like I said, I think there's probably a little bit of, you know, a little bit of rust that he needs to shake off. And, 
again, for a guy that spent his his entire career in Major League Soccer as the focal point of a team, right? I'm sure it's been a little bit of a, of a tough transition, you know, having to accept this role. You know, again, he's filled it in admir- admirably, and he's, you know, been, you know, whether there was the Atlantic, you know, I think it was the Atlantic game where he came in and, you know, just basically took over the last 15, 20 minutes and settled things down. And even in the second half of the, of the first Carson game, you know, he came in and looked really good. Uh, again, I think again, it's to me, it's, he just seems more like a positional thing and as to why there's a little bit there, but again, I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure the not being able to play week in week out, especially in a position that's not his normal one. You know, again, if you, if you have busting playing K's position where you're going bot to box and then Lee play that, you know, that, that, more attacking role then i think like i said he's probably fine but having to play out of position on top of not having played very much i think it was was kind of what led to what we saw tonight yeah all right moving on at finding nebula what happened to our back line in the first half um we've talked about this a little also uh valeria your profile pick is the greatest of all time she's there with chuck liddell can't get over it uh well, but we talked about this earlier. I think it's really just that they are on an island 2v2 um, where they should ideally be at a numbers advantage, at least 3v2, if not 4, with either the fullbacks or you know, the deepest lying central midfielder. Um, and at that point, you know, it's a crapshoot. When you have two strikers against two center backs, teams are going to score goals. So... Yeah, I mean, because like you say, right in in possession at times we're basically like what a two two five three or something along that line. Yeah, right. It's insane, you know. And so, and and that balance is, you know, not having that balance from the midfield really starts to throw things off. And again, it it didn't it wouldn't have taken much other than having either Tristan Blackman, you know sit a little bit deeper or, you know, or, you know, or along the back, th- back line or having Atuesta just stay at home. Again, you have that stability that you need. And again, you don't give up any of those chances, you know, but again, in, I think in the anxiousness of trying to break down, you know, the perceived bus, that's probably why you started to see it. But again, it's a mental thing, right? And again, it's what's frustrating right. from our perspective is it's a, it's a mental thing for the second thing in a second game in a row. It has nothing not a whole lot to do with the way that they actually play the game has a lot more to do with how they think about the game. You know, and I think that's where Brett, you know, Bob's going to probably have a field day and, you know, during their, their film review and some of those things, because I think they're starting, you know, what you're starting to see. Bob is going to be pissed for days. Is a lot of the mistakes that you've seen being made week in, week out, you know, and from a coaching perspective, that's one of the more frustrating things is again, to make a mistake, try and coach it up, but not see that mistake being corrected the second time around, right? At that point, you know, because again, how much were you actually listening or how much were you trying to, trying to how, what, how much were, did they actually improve during the time spent? You know, and then that's when it does get frustrating. So, you know, we'll see. Mm-hmm. All right. Matthew sales at June Ray, 2014. I was listening to the game on the radio because he lives in Australia and it's early Monday afternoon here. And I would like your take on why Rodriguez was subbed out at halftime. There is no mention of an injury on the commentary, and it struck me as an odd tactical decision. Yeah. Uh, I don't think he was particularly effective, and I would imagine it's just game fitness. But what did you yeah, say? Yeah, my guess is, you know, given what his, his second run, I, from if I remember right, I feel like 
we've kind of vetted we've kind of rolled in a lot of our players this way where it's 30 45 and then the full you know then 60 then 90 um in terms of how mm-hmm. you know how they're how they're kind of going to move into the system again a lot of it was probably from the chemistry standpoint giving your down two goals it doesn't help for everyone to just stand around and watch a move and if it's killing if it's killing your your tactical approach in terms of or your principled approach right in terms of pass and move and some of those different things and it's become an isolation game right then bob's going to make that change because again it's when you're chasing two goals you're going to need that that movement and that chemistry that you know the guy only guys who've been playing together for as long as they you know throughout the whole season are going to be able to create right right i see it as mainly you know he's trying to get k on the field and how are we going to do that who are we going to take out he doesn't want to take out blessing because he wants he wants to keep that pressure um and that chemistry like you said so rodriguez is the one that comes off um all right at steely zidane i don't trust this team to win consecutive single elimination playoff games versus the bunker uh, agreed i mean with vela obviously on the field it's going to be a different story and i think with vela and rodriguez on the field it's a much different story against this team because now you have two guys that are really good in in close quarters they're very good on the ball um and especially in vela he can finish from anywhere around the box so it's a little bit better but do i feel great about it nope what about you yeah i mean it I, I, th- I think it's like our, our frustration has been echoed throughout this whole podcast so far. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, Juan Pablo Hernandez asks, uh, starting B-Rod, benching Miller, did Carson lay out a blueprint on how to crack the LAFC armor? I don't know if theirs is the blueprint that Minnesota used because Minnesota's not looking for, you know, a target striker up top to hit. And I don't even think they played, they were playing balls in between in behind the fullbacks. I think they were just looking to get a two on two opportunity and see what they could do. But their, their primary concern was honestly just bunkering, which was not what galaxy was looking to do. They did bunker, but uh, that wasn't what they came to do last week. And then he also says 15 corners. Did we really have 15? Holy cow. That's a lot. Yeah. And I think most of them were short corners and someone had did, did ask a question about that, you know, and again, Given given our set plays have not been a strength um, throughout the season, trying to build up and make you know you know going quick and maybe trying to catch them out of position and trying moving them for the first time ever is probably what the intent was by taking the short corner. You know, yeah. I mean, when you look at how we match up against them, you have Opara, Metaner, and there were a couple other really tall defenders that they had, not only defenders but midfielders. So. I mean, I don't know how you reliably find the head of Walker Zimmerman um, with all those other tall defenders there. So I, I would imagine that's what it is. It looks like it was uh, Sam Lehman at Sam as a lawyer who was who asked that. Um, so I, I, I imagine it's just, you know, like you said, try and build it up and get something a little bit more reliable than trying to find the one guy who's tall on our team. Yeah, I think he said, I um, think... It seems like I read a stat... You know, I said, I think just given, ahead, given our inability to break, you know, they weren't, while we weren't doing anything else to try and move their back line, that was probably the only thing that we've, they had done that was probably remotely close to what is needed in terms of 
you know, getting down the line and hitting a low cross back into the box, right? Again, we just have to, mm-hmm. you get, what the biggest problem is that you just don't, you never, there was never an intent to make them shift their move from the, from the bus, you know, from the, you know, from their back, yeah, their, from their low block, right? It was essentially just trying to break right. through it. And it wasn't, wasn't the most effective strategy in the world. Yeah. All right. Well, any other saved rounds tonight, Josh? No, like I said, it's one of those ones where, you know, again, I'm not sure we're going to get that even that much more. We're probably going to, you know, for the second time around, which you'll probably hear a lot more of is again, how, how it, what it actually means long-term and, and what it looks like going forward. Because I, I think, I think that's, yeah. that's what the, where the implications lie rather than for this game, right? Again, there's, there's too many right. extraneous, you know, external factors as to why the result ended up the way it did. Again, you're, you're, having chemistry issues in terms of new players being vetted in rotation, et cetera. Right. And, you know, we've seen that before throughout the season, the times that we've had to do it. Um, but I think, I think questions definitely have to be asked in terms of what is, what is, or is there a plan, you know, to, to attack this type of team, you know, come playoff time, because again, we're not getting, we're not going to get away from it anytime soon. Yeah, absolutely. All right. You can follow the show at counterpress underscore or me at Kirk Kinsey, Josh, LAFC Josh on Twitter. There it is. And uh, look for us in a couple of days. We'll be putting on a call for more questions. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sending these questions in. Uh, it honestly makes the show so much easier to record when we have uh, stuff to respond to. And it honestly makes it more entertaining as well for, for me, at least I, I assume for you as well, Josh. Um, when we get to interact with everybody. So thanks again, and we will talk to you in a few days.